Blog Talk Radio. Kansas City, 
uh, in the Kemper Arena, Kansas City, but Oregon just stomped them. So I mean, yeah. it's, 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 I mean, I, I guess Oregon. I mean, we watched the game. I remember Oregon just took granted how long Oregon is and everything as far as um, as far as the length and, and you know the cost gave Kansas all sorts of trouble defensively, particularly when they try to drive to the basket. I mean, I, I, mm-hmm. I think it was was it like Jackson who tried to drive and actually got um, stuffed at the rim by one of uh, Oregon's big men. But but what was the biggest takeaway from Oregon, Kansas, to why Oregon just pretty much dominated the hell out of Kansas, like unlike many teams or any team that they've been able, been able to do all season? You know, I just find that interesting. But to, uh, to go to your point in terms of, you know, certain teams receiving home court advantage in, in, in essence, I, my guess is that every year the committee tries to reward number one seeds by giving them a, a game, especially later on in the rounds, closer to home to help them advance on to the championship mm-hmm. game. And that's just the person of being number one seed. Um, do, do, uh, I, I got mixed emotions about it, but, you know, uh, I, I can care less neither handle that because, of course, the game still has to be played on, on the court. Um, to answer right. your question, it was the play of uh, Bell, the, the, the forward for um, – for Oregon, who's been having a dynamic uh, yeah. uh, tournament, especially when it comes to inside play with, with rebounding and, and block shots. Uh, and the rest of the Oregon uh, defenders that have been giving fits, uh, especially to Kansas in, in that game, in, in the CCC game, um, which held them from doing what they've been capable of doing all tournament long, which is put up points against people. Um, I, I was completely shocked by how dominant Oregon was in that game, yeah. uh, especially yeah. with um, with Bolsher not playing in the tournament at all. And, and with that, mm-hmm. that inside of, of him being there too, um, like I said, I'm just completely shocked by the way that they've been playing. And I'm just interested yeah. in seeing if it, if it continues. Man, that's the thing too, man. I mean, it's like, I mean, it just happened out of nowhere. I mean, I mean, if you if, if you look at it, yeah, Bell had a had a great game, eleven points, thirteen boards, yeah, thirteen boards. I mean, and you know, it just really just helped neutralize. I mean, Dorsey was just balling out of his mind, twenty seven points, um, as well as what he was six of ten from three, um, as well as uh, hold on for a second, um, Dennis and and, and Ennis. 12 points, two or four from three. Uh, Brooks, I mean, you know, you know, you you get your rolling when when your star player Brooks was only seven of 18 from the field, and you still win by 14 points. I mean, yeah, it's just it's it's just amazing. I mean, Dylan Brooks, I mean, he's the star. He's a, can't believe he's just a junior, but um, and he's he's Canadian too. Um, <laughs> you know. You know, it's just it's one of those things. I mean, I guess Canadians can ball too. I guess uh, Steve Nash taught us that taught us that lesson. But at any rate, um, but yeah, that's when you know Oregon is like on a mission. I mean, granted they're not that deep. They really only go seven deep. I mean, uh, with Benson leading the way off the bench. But <sighs> did you see the way Oregon dominated Kansas? I, I know I'm repeating myself, but it just it's, it just bears repeating. Your star player shoots seven to eighteen from the field. Okay, 
and you still mm-hmm. and they still laid the wood to Kansas by fourteen points. That's but see, that that's close. the thing. Throughout the entire tournament, it's really been Dorsey's team, where Dorsey's been leading yeah. the team with about twenty-four points per game and about somewhere around uh, seven, six or seven uh, rebounds. So it is a, a, a you know an increase of fourteen points and three boards per game during the regular season. So you you we have him stepping up the way that he has. It's been it, it's been an eye opener, and I guess. You know, with the entire country finally getting a chance to see Oregon play because, of course, they play on West Coast time, now mm-hmm. everyone's starting to see exactly how long they are and how physical they can be down low, which is going to be very interesting when it comes to the Carolina game. Yeah, and, and again, they're going, to need, they're going to need to be deeper against Carolina because Carolina is deep and they're long yeah. and they can fly up and down the floor. And we'll get to those bastards from Chapel Hill in a minute, but – one, one, one last thing um, about Kansas. It looks like Frank Martin, Frank, I almost call him Frank Martin, Frank Mason III is no longer going to be a super senior. I mean, yeah. uh, I don't know. Like, I mean, I mean, Kansas has a way of turning out guys who look like they're 50. Uh, like last year, it was, um, it was Perry Ellis with his receding yes. hairline. And now it's Frank hairline Mason and been there. Yes. Just, Exactly, and it, I'm, I'm surprised. He, you know, you know, he probably has gray in his beard. He probably just dyed it out. <laughs> <laughs> because I swear those guys, like, they look like old-ass ringers. It's like Frank Mason. I mean, it, it seems like he – I'm starting to, to believe that he was born in in, in, in Fog Island's house. <laughs> he just looks so old. I mean, what's, what's with Kansas bringing in old, old kids? But at any rate – I mean, I, hey, I, I don't know who the next super. I don't know who the next super senior is going to be for Kansas. I mean, hell, most of these kids led by Jackson is probably going to be gone after that, like uh, after this year, like one and doneers. Uh, hey. Speaking of Jackson, I know I'm going off on tangent here, but how do you like this kid's draft status, right, right quick? I mean, he can play both ends of the floor. He can get his own shot. Yeah, and he can jump to the middle. I mean. Is, would you take him number one over over Lavar Ball? I mean Lonzo Ball. Damn it. Ooh, that is an Lonzo interesting Ball. question. Would I take yeah. him number one over uh, Lonzo Ball? Who? What are the current three worst teams in the league right now? It's um, the Lakers. God, the Lakers, the the the, the 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 Knicks and the uh, Nets, right? Kings probably. Yeah, the Nets and the Kings, and there are a lot of sorry ass doo doo teams. There's a lot of bad teams out there. Wow. Um, Because someone kind of put this question out there um, in one of the uh, sports groups I'm on on Facebook. Who would I take? Mm -hmm. And they didn't list the player's name. They just had his stats. It was player A and player B. I never found out who player B was, but knowing his stats, I knew that player A was Lonzo Ball. So I I, kind of cheated on that one. But it's all depending on what you need. But if you're asking me, mm-hmm. scores are harder to come by than yeah. distributors, if you're asking mm-hmm. me. You know, I mean, ball is, is, is very dynamic in terms of being able to score, rebound, and give out assists. But having that ability to be a, a deadly scorer is a lot tougher. So that's why I will probably take Jackson over ball in that situation. But it also depends upon what type of uh, – uh, 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 
staff I currently have or what type of team I currently have and um, and what the head coach is looking for and what type of style he's looking to play. But, um, yeah, if you're asking me, if I was a GM, I would probably take Jackson over ball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what? It, it, it all depends. You, you, you alluded to it earlier. It all depends on who's drafting number one. Yeah. Um, it's like if you're the Lakers, the Knicks, well, well, particularly those two teams, you're the Lakers or the Knicks, you probably take Alonzo Ball because um, Alonzo needs to be on a team that doesn't need help. What I mean by that is on a team that doesn't have, that already has a score, that already mm-hmm. has defenders. I mean, because just look at it this way. Alonzo came in UCLA this year. People forget that UCLA last year was was 15 and 17. They were duty. And you bring in Lonzo, and that kid is so dynamic, he made him to a 30-plus win team in one year. Okay. That's, 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 that just speaks to his talent. And he, he, he's one of those guys, I mean, he's six foot seven in the point guard and plays it so effortlessly. Yeah. My only knock about him is he needs to be more aggressive. I mean, he, he loves to get teammates involved. He's a pass-first point guard. He's a, you, know, he, you know he's a throwback. He advances the ball well. It doesn't look to shoot first. I mean, I know I mentioned that earlier, but there's repeating. And I, I just I, I just think that he and those two situations spe- specifically, because not of them have point guards. Not of the Lakers nor the Knicks have point guards. They have time that scores around them. Yeah. They're young, but in, in the Lakers' case, they're young. And in the Knicks' case, it's more seasoned and, and, um, and, 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 and mellow and Porzingis. Uh, but if it's any other team, man, like like you said, Sacramento, uh, the Nets, you take a score because Lonzo won't do well in those situations because everyone everyone else sucks around him basically. <laughs> so so he needs to be in that in that position. Uh, let's move on to um, the other games. I mean, we expect the Gonzaga to beat the hell out of Xavier. You know, we you know in in, in uh, Carolina. And Kentucky was just an instant classic. I mean, it's too bad yeah. it was in the week eight game instead of a final four game or potential final game for that matter. Exactly. How about the South Carolina Gamecocks? How about those guys? A seven seed. Go figure. You know what I mean? They, I heard. Yeah, man. I was gonna say I heard something. Well, I'm gonna let you go with your with your comment first, and then yes, I have sir. a question yes. to ask of you. Yes, sir. No, go ahead with your comment. Oh, no, 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 sorry. I'm oh, sorry. I was, uh, you gave me a best before I didn't realize. Uh, I guess I was in trouble with what you were about to say. Um, I think this all started as soon as South Carolina beat the brakes off of Duke in the second half. I was like, yeah. whoa. Because I already knew. I saw South Carolina play once during the regular season. It was against Kentucky. It was the only game mm-hmm. to play against Kentucky in the regular season. And they really hung with them because – they put the defense on him. I mean, this is – I mean, Frank Martin, he's see why he is such a uh, Bob Huggins disciple, if you will. Both like to get up in you. Both like to cover you from 94 to the floor and pressure the hell out of you. And they and, and, and they really punk you. I mean, they punk Duke in the second half. And yeah. then they just went on this run. From there, I mean, I guess that Duke game really gave him that confidence. I mean, it just all of a sudden the shots started falling, and, and South Carolina still plays a great D that uh, Martin preaches. 
And look at them now. I mean, they, they were losing the first half against Florida, and they pulled a Duke. They, they, they did to Florida what they did to Duke in the second half. They punked them. Yeah. They straight up punked them. They warmed down. They, they, they rallied them. And this is a Florida team, the same Florida team that had its way against South Carolina during the regular season, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, how awesome a story is, is this? Is this? I mean, we're looking at in one side of the bracket, Gonzaga versus South Carolina, two of the best stories of the tournament. And it's mm-hmm. Gonzaga is the team that's been knocking on the door. The, the small, the quote unquote small school, the small teams, the small school teams, even though they're like they're no longer mid major. They, they've been a major program for several years now. But exactly. they're finally knocked out. They finally not only knocked on the door, but finally just kicked down the door and into the final four. Uh, Mark Few is one of who's one of the better guys in coaching. It's finally beginning to be vindicated for sticking around Gonzaga instead of leaving for for uh, greener pastures for several years now. And then the other side, you have Frank Martin, who is the epitome of self-made. Mm-hmm. He was coaching well to the high school ranks. He was an assistant, like as I said before, to Bob Huggins for several years. Got the Kansas State job only because Huggins bailed to go to West Virginia, which is Dom Amari. You can't really blame him for that. Mm-hmm. And he just really – and Martin just built himself up. And the fact that he loves his, he loves his team. He's old school, hard nosed, but he loves his team. He doesn't. Put, he's, he's not abusive. He's just hard. He's, he's just like yeah. Bob Huggins. They're both hard guys to play for, but they get the best out of you, and they care a lot about their 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 their, their, their team. And, and you know, the thing is that if you hear people talk about Frank Martin, Martin is one of the better guys to coach as well because a lot of people pulling for him. I mean, if you have rival coaches like. John Calipari, who's pulling, who's openly pulling for Frank Martin, conference rival, exactly. Other, like pulling for the other, you know that he's that a good doing a good job. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's to be most commended. Both those guys are too bad to face off on, you know, in, in one side of the bracket. But I guess it's guaranteed that we'll get at least one good guy in the final. But who your who your estimation is a better story, Gonzaga or South Carolina? That's a fantastic question because um, it's based on two things that I've heard. Well, one conversation that we actually had on CC Sports last night and then something that yeah. I heard earlier today, which is in reference to both institutions. First and foremost, last night we talked about uh, college basketball royalty, well, men's college basketball royalty. And I brought up a right. term last night that, that was, you know, I, I guess it's kind of new. I haven't heard any place else. I, I'm going to go ahead and say I made it up. I like to call it uh, black rich, and I had you know I had to clean it up a little bit. I call it black yeah. rich in terms of, of, of college basketball royalty, where it's 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 still new or it's new within the past twenty thirty years. You have certain programs sure. like your UCLA's, your um, your North Carolinas, your Kentuckys, your Dukes that have been fantastic for thirty years plus. Then you got this new money with Butler, St. Mary's, <laughs> Gonzaga. That's why I call them Black Rich. They 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 handle it and, and they they they've earned it and they're handling it well. And now yeah. Gonzaga is one of those teams that's actually starting to reap the benefits of doing well with their money. So 
So, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's not like this it, is about to become generational very soon for for uh, Gonzaga. Um, sure. As it, as, it, as it pertains to South Carolina, the question was asked, could you really consider them to be a Cinderella? Being that they come from a Power 5 conference and they receive football money, which aids in their basketball talent. My thing is, and the reason why I still say you can kind of call them that is because of the team that they have to recruit against, not only in their own state with the likes of Clemson. I wouldn't even say that that uh, the uh, College of Charleston probably gets better basketball talent than, than, than South Carolina. I might be stretching it. People in Columbia may be mm. laughing at me with that comment, but I'll throw that out there. But you still have to compete with the Kentuckys, with yeah. Arkansas, with LSU yeah. for basketball talent in that conference. So that's why I said that they're still kind of a Cinderella, even they, even though they were the number three ranked team in the conference this past season, I still think that you would consider them a Cinderella. What say you? Yeah. You know what? You're talking about uh, Gonzaga, right? Well, Gonzaga being black rich and – uh, whether or not South Carolina is technically uh, a Cinderella. Well, I think South Carolina is a Cinderella. I mean, because you got to remember, South Carolina was struggling down the stretch, right? They they, they dropped several. They, they dropped quite a few of the last few games of the season, and to the point where they were float, they were threatening to be on the bubble. And it took them having a good run in their conference tournament, as well as you know some good force around them. You know, uh, you know, some teams like Syracuse play away, like off the bubble and out of tournament things that things like that. Um, and then they just cut, they just qualify out of nowhere. I mean, yeah. All of a sudden, just South Carolina. Again, we all knew that they could play defense. That's True. their calling card. That's what they hang their hat on. Their hats on, but they their shots started falling. And when your shots start falling like that, and you're still playing your hellacious D, good things happen. And it's one of the things where they just, yeah, and they caught lightning, lightning in a bottle, and hell, look where they are now. And it's also more astounding is given their basketball history. It's like mm-hmm. this is the first time, this tournament was the first time they won a first-round game in several, several years. I'm, and I'm mm-hmm. talking decades. Okay, decades. And to the point, I think it was back during the Bobby Crimmins years in the late 60s, early, very early 70s, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's been a long right. time. And, you know, and for now, the Frank, have, for Frank Martin to have this motley crew, if you will, on the, uh, in the, at, the, at the doorsteps of, of, the, of the championship, let alone being at the Final Four, it's just amazing to me. And the fact that we may get the battle of the Carolinas in the final. How wild would that be? Two teams that have played each other basketball in over 40 years. Going back to the, the days of the SEC. Yes, sir. The old SEC with uh, the, the Carolinas in them. Yeah. I mean, how good was, was, was that had the ACC had to been back in the day with both Carolinas and Clemson and NC State and Maryland, all those guys. I mean, it's just great. But, but, but anyway, I just thought about that. Um, how well would that be for college basketball for the Carolinas to have a battle on the conference tournament in the conference championship? I mean, sorry, in the, in, in the NCAA championship game. I mean, I'm not saying it will happen, 
South Carolina has to get past Gonzaga, and Gonzaga's pretty mm-hmm. damn gone good. And yep. you know, Oregon's no slouch too. It's no Oregon's no slouch out of for Carolina, but the other Carolina, there's Chapel Hill, but it could happen. And that's why I think South Carolina is such a huge story, because again, Gonzaga, we know the history of Gonzaga. I mean, to, to your point, they were hood rich. You know, they just got this new money. You know, this Johnny come lately. You know, and you know they're they're not necessarily a blue blood per se, a la Carolina, a la uh, uh, Kentucky, and Syracuse, and et cetera, et cetera. But no, but they're Oprah. They are. They, they they've established themselves. But they've been established themselves for the past at least decade. You know, yeah. they're pretty much almost like Butler. You know, Butler is pretty established. You know, and it helps that they're in a the major basketball conference, like a la the Big East. And so they're no longer mid-major. They're a major program. So yeah. pretty much I, I see, when I look at Gonzaga, I see, I, I see Butler. You know, again, two teams that are not going anywhere. Programs are not going anywhere. Two, well, in, in Butler's catches, they just keep making good hires. And it's just that, you know, uh, Brad, Brad Stevens, who was there before, I think his assistant got the job when he moved on to Boston to coach us the Celtics. Mm-hmm. And who's and by the way, Brad Stevens doing a hell of a job with the Celtics, but you know, that's another exactly. podcast for another day. Um but, you know, it, it, I mean, you know, Brad Stevens is uh old assistant is doing well in but and you know, for the uh, for the Butler Bulldogs to the point that Butler is the program, college basketball program for the likes of IU and Purdue, if you can believe that. And you know, uh, Gonzaga is doing their thing on the West Coast to the point where they're beating cats like Arizona. I think they beat mm-hmm. Oregon earlier this year. I could be wrong. But they beat other great teams. Um, and, the, you know, they just fell asleep in the second half against BYU. Otherwise, they'd be undefeated. And, you know, but South Carolina is – no one expected this. Again, we expected this from Gonzaga because of Mark Few, basically. And the way he recruits, the way he coaches. No one, if someone told me that they, and uh, I know they said ESPN, there were actually a few people who had South Carolina in their brackets. They had to not know anything about college basketball. Because they if you knew something been. about college basketball, there's no way in the hell you're picking them to go past the first round, let alone the Final Four. No, they were, they were from Columbia or they were Carolina alum. That's it. That's the only way yeah, that I can say right. that you pick. Or you like, the name Cox, and said, I'm taking the Cox to go all the way. And tried to be funny in your own little realm. And so be it. It happened. Yeah. Wow, the Cox really ran through that. And, and now your inner yeah. joke is now it comes to fruition. But there's no way in the world, no one with, with, with a basketball acumen that's the following what's been going on this year would have ever thought that they would have gone all the way. There's no way. No way at all. But you're right. right. You, would have expected, you would have expected it out of Carolina. You would have hoped for it out of Gonzaga. Oregon had the, the, the ability to do so, but there's no way you had South Carolina coming out of that bracket at all, but especially with Duke. And the likes of Duke and Villanova both being in that bracket, there's no way. Yeah, there's no way in the hell. I mean, that's just amazing. I mean, everyone's bracket is burnt. I'm telling you, everyone's bracket is burnt right now, or at least on this way to being incinerated. But – 
not to doesn't look too well if you want to save the quote unquote save the environment, especially if they were only a few days away from Earth Day. <laughs> but nonetheless, um, it hasn't been a good appointment for most people, most Americans. Um, so speaking of the Final Four, again you got Carolina, Oregon on one side of the bracket, or you got Gonzaga, South Carolina on the other side of the bracket. Who you got in the final game, and who you got winning it all? Wow, you know what? I would love to be sentimental and, and go ahead and take the both Carolina teams, but I'm going to go ahead and just be chalky and say yeah. North Carolina versus Gonzaga. Who do yeah. I have winning this game? Even though I didn't pick them originally to make it to my Final Four, even though I didn't originally pick them to make it into my title game, I should have. Yeah. And this is the reason why. And this is the team I'm talking about first. I'm talking about Carolina. University of North Carolina, that is. Yeah. One thing that I, 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 I that. thought about it, I thought about it before the tournament started, but didn't check. It should have. Because it seems to be, ever since 1992, whenever Duke wins a title, whenever, whenever Duke wins a title, if Carolina gets into the Final Four, they end up winning a title within the next four years or less. Mm-hmm. Ever since 1992. So whenever Duke won a title, that being 92, what was that, 2000 and 2000 and it was another time in there after 2000 and, and well, after 2000 where Duke won a title. Four years or less, Carolina won a title. Here yep. we are two years later. You was he was in the final four. Yep. Yeah. I'm a man of pattern. Yep. So um <laughs> I'm going with, with with Carolina finally begrudgingly in this situation. You know what? I can't argue with I cannot argue with that whatsoever. I mean Carolina is perhaps one is the most complete team on paper that's in the final four. Oregon Oregon's great, but Oregon ain't deep. And Oregon is not long as Carolina is. Carolina has a bunch of big six foot ten guys, uh, that, like the point guard Barry, uh, notwithstanding, who could get up and down the floor and who could grind you out if they wanted to. They could out rebound the hell out of you. And again, they're deep, deeper than, than Oregon is. So I, I, it's going to be a tall order for Oregon. But then again, no one expected Oregon to beat the hell out of Kansas and Kansas City. No. So I, I can't really clown Oregon. And but again and first of all, how about having but uh I can't believe it took this long to happen. But I, I just think that I think that Carolina's too much for them on paper and I just look for them to to get past Oregon to the final. I got Carolina meeting Gonzaga. As much as I love Frank Martin and mm-hmm. I think that Frank Martin is such a great story, and the South Carolina is such a great story. It's not not to quote um, uh, Neo from the movie um, um, The Matrix Three. Um, I guess it's called Revolution. Um, it ends tonight. <laughs> it, it ends <laughs> against Gonzaga. Okay, Gonzaga is just too long, too tough. They got ballers, and the way they just. I mean, we all knew that they were going to take apart uh, Xavier, but the way they ran through the tournament, I mean, it's just 
It's just amazing. I mean, those guys could play. And I still can't believe that I had Notre Dame beating Gonzaga in the Sweet 16 in my bracket. Those should show how much the hell I know. But um, The thing is, of course, we we, we had never seen Gonzaga do it. And so until you are capable of doing it, no one believes you uh, uh, that you can do it. But the one thing that I want to say real quick in terms of matchups that that everyone should be watching for, because and this is the one that everyone really should be watching for, because I really think that this is going to have a huge uh, 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 factor in how this game goes. I kind of hinted to it earlier. It's going to be in the Oregon-Carolina game, Ball versus Meeks, big physical guys down low. They rebound the ball and, and rim protect extremely well. Even though Carolina does do a lot of inside rotation, but it, it, it's mainly Meeks down there. So I would love to see that matchup right. of, of, of Meeks versus Ball. I'm old school. I like to see the big boys banging out down low. Things that I'm going to keep an eye out for in terms of one-on-one matchups. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying too. So I, I have Gonzaga and Carolina final game, two big teams. I think that Gonzaga is going to look, try to look to slow Carolina down. Um, but I think Carolina is too long and too talented. I have Carolina just in, in a close one because I, I don't think Gonzaga is going to go down uh, without swinging a haymaker or two. But I, I have Carolina. Um, unfortunately, is going to, I'm going to throw up in my mouth when I say this, taking home the national championship. Ah, I feel so dirty. But uh, let's just back and start the podcast <laughs> up with this. Let's talk about the women's hoops right quick. Um, we know the usual suspect there is UConn. UConn yeah. talk about running, talk about running through some teams. They've been running through teams the past two, three seasons. They're like a hundred and I forget the exact number. It's a hundred and ten game winning streak, some, some, some like that. But Putman saying, and that people, one game that they lost was a close one. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 what's the number again? You said it earlier. No, I I, I I don't know what it is either, but it's like one oh, okay. 10, 115, something like that. Yeah, but, yeah, if it wasn't like that. for that, yeah. that one loss, it would be like 140. Yeah, some, some, some amazing, something crazy. But yeah, I I heard so many people just, just down the women's game, not the women's game, say, oh, it's too predictable. We all know it's going to win it. You know, we, we're just not excited because, I mean, you know, we all know that one team, that one team is UConn. A lot of people say that UConn in the past, and this year too, said that UConn is not great for winning this game because it makes it too, the quote I like to hear, that I tend to hear a lot is, um, it's, it's too predictable. I mean, mm. you know, we all know who's going to take that off. I'm a guy who loves dominance. I love seeing dynasty. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not like the, 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 the socialistic point of view of sports, if you will, like the NFL tries to make like the very hard teams to repeat, so they have the salary cap. Um, you know, college basketball is just much more men's college basketball is much more parity. I just think that I don't. I just think that um, UConn should not be punished for being so dominant. Why should no. be punished for being good? Why should Gino coach Gino Oriama should be good? I mean, should be punished for being such a great legendary coach. I mean, shoot, when, when uh, Pat Summer was in Tennessee, it was exciting for me because you had UConn and Tennessee who's going to win it. 
Then mm-hmm. they played each other twice a year. And then you had, like, Notre Dame had, had, had this run. They still have a yeah. run now. And Maryland, you know, your, your hometown Terps, as well mm-hmm. as Baylor with Brittany Griner, um, they finished the season undefeated, and they won the title over, I think, UConn, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so it happens. It happens that the, the, the big dog, the big king, if you will, gets Ursa. But I, I put the I, – I, I think the reason why UConn's so dominant is because no one else is keeping up. I mean, you have yeah. all these great coaches at, at Baylor, at Notre Dame, at Maryland, and, 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 and Duke, you know, great women's programs in South Carolina too. Like, don't, don't get the, the you know you know the game cost, the female game cost, lady game cost. The exactly. great programs and in, in, in South Carolina's case, the Hoodbush program because they're trying to come lately. But you know Don Stella is doing a hell of a job in South Carolina. But I don't think they develop players as well as UConn does. This was supposed to be a down year for UConn. People, a lot of people mm-hmm. tend to forget that they've lost a lot. Of yeah. Young ladies to the WNBA draft or playing overseas elsewhere, and this is a young team. No one expected them to be this dominant. Well, alone well, be undefeated and dominant in the same in the same notion, beating cat beating teams by over thirty points. So, it's it's. I mean, again, if Gino or if Coach O'Hara is doing this with young players, I mean, who's going? Who, they're going to be scary next year because they're going to be older. And, you know, yeah. this is the year that teams are going to catch up with UConn, but it didn't happen. And least many people to believe it's never going to happen. But I just put all that on other pro- prominent women's programs for not recruiting as well as Gino, not as developing as players as well as Gino. And so they have to look themselves in the mirror if they have anything to complain about the women's game. That's, that's just my two cents on the matter. I, I don't know, Scott. I would say that everybody has to recruit the same girls. It just happens to be that these girls all choose to go to UConn. Now, that's a situation mm. where I, I almost want to blame the talent in this because they're the ones that choose to go to UConn. They can very easily go mm. elsewhere. I know they're all not from Connecticut. I know it's not all about going to a local school for them. It's about going to a fantastic program and going to win. And, and, and being in a program that is that dominant. These kids, because, I mean, like you said, this is a down year for them, and they don't have any um, All-Americans on this squad. So that means the All-Americans are going elsewhere. It just right. happens to be that in, in this particular case, the, the players that, that, that Gino has are still great, but he's been able to coach them up to play a lot better than, than what people expected in, in year one. Um mm-hmm. But even still, a lot of those, those girls could go elsewhere and play if they want to. And some of those girls that are even sitting on the bench could go elsewhere and probably start someplace else. But they choose to go to UConn and they choose to be in that program. So it's a combination of I, I don't necessarily want to blame the program. You, you can't you can't blame McDonald's for selling a billion hamburgers. <laughs> you can't. You yeah, they make I it, people come out. and they buy it. You know, it's it's just the brand recognition. It's the same thing with Utah. And we kind of touched on it a little bit last night in terms of women's basketball royalty. And you, you had the same situation ever since women's basketball became an NCAA sport and as it moved along because you had your USC's, 
your Tennessees, mm-hmm. your your uh, 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 Louisiana Techs, and now your Yukons. And I mean, you had your Black Riches in there with Notre Dame's Baylor in Maryland, but for the most part, it's been four schools in in, in like forty years and. You know, until someone decides that they want to go elsewhere or another program arises out of somewhere, and it's it's we're borderline with Maryland. Maryland is kind of there. If if Notre Dame can build a a, a program, they have the capability of doing it. So it, it's it's all about who becomes attractive next and why, and whether or not Gino will continue to do so, or but not, if Gino leaves, if Gino goes and and and. Then someone else has to, to to come up, but until then, yeah. you know, uh, these girls are going to have to do something. And, and, and if 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 the world thinks it's boring, the, the audience needs to go ahead and say that these girls should try to go elsewhere and, and play elsewhere. But I can't be mad at the girls for doing that. They want to go win. They do. Right. But the fans are missing out. I was going to say the fans are missing out still good basketball. They just don't dunk. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. They shoot better, yeah. but they don't dunk. And that's the thing I want to lead in. It's to why do you think women basketball is not taken seriously by the viewing public? I, I like the way they play. I like the way the – I mean, the, the, a lot of people say they're more fundamentally sound. It's like, I mean, the, the uh, late, great John Wooden of UCLA yep. said that. It's just that, that we love high flyers. You know, we're so used to men dunking on cats like 360, like doing all sorts of, like, boogieing or, like, uh, on the court with the dribble and just ooh and on us was this top ten plays uh, coaches that we're living in right, uh, right now with ESPN. I, it's just exactly. Too bad. I, I, think, I, think, I think there's a lot to, that women's game could offer, not just to young women and to girls, but to sports fans as young because, it's, to me, it's more of a pure game. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's what it's, – it's, Oftentimes it's played the way it's meant to be played. Lots of free free uh free floor and off uh offensive flow with the ball movement and everything else. Uh lots of it's just very fundamental, it's very old schoolish. Very old school. And but that's the thing. Reason. Yeah, but uh, the, the average fan doesn't like old school. They like to be ooed and odd and they like the spectacle of the men's game because quote unquote they're supposed to be physically more advanced in terms of their leaping ability and their ability to, right. to, to actually be more exciting. Even though I, I yeah. it, it's, it's hard to say that a women's game can't be excited. If you can if you're telling me that a women's game isn't excited, that means you haven't been to a women's game before. Yeah, I haven't watched. So, um, yeah, so 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 that's on them. That's on fans who don't get the game. But let's just close it up with this one kind of rhetorical question. UConn okay. in the Final Four. UConn or the field? I'm going UConn. Yeah, I I'm going UConn. <laughs> I think you, me, everybody else in that moment are, are too. I, I just don't see it. I mean, again, South Carolina, I love the story. I love Lawrence Kelly, what she's doing with this program, that they, she has them on the rise. But mm-hmm. Hood Rich can't be wealthy, wealth, like wealthy. That's just – the way it always has been. Yeah, and it's, it's going to be right interesting to see. Yeah. You know, it's going to be <laughs> interesting to see P. you know, trying to, trying to, you know, uh, well, P. Diddy, I'm referring to the University of South Carolina, you know, trying to, trying to show mm-hmm. up their stacks 
with uh, 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 Cat. I'm trying to think of somebody right now, and 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 Warren Buffett going at it with with who got more money, right? And, 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 and see who stacks bigger. But um, it, it, I'm I'm interested to see who wins this game because I have a strong feeling it's going to be South Carolina and and, and UConn. And my God, give it up for uh, Mississippi State, the underdog, yes. being able to make it to the Final Four. You know, yeah, uh, uh, with well. all of the, the stuff that's going on with UConn and, and 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 South Carolina, no one's talking about what's going on with Mississippi State. But that's because they're about to get trounced, um, unfortunately. Exactly. Um, right. In, 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 in the Final <laughs> Four. So. Yeah, it comes to it. I love like Neil said, and 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 the Matrix uh, Revolution, it ends tonight. It ends tonight, bro. It's going to come to an end. But, yeah, I got UConn, too. I mean, unless, I mean, until further proven, until further validated by where South Carolina and anybody else, it's just all about UConn. It's UConn's world, and everyone else is trying to get a nut. Anyway, man, thanks. Hey, man, thanks for joining me as usual, man. Please enjoy much Madness. Please enjoy the Final Four. Hold on I will, as long as we can. Sorry for giving you such a chalky prediction, man, with number ones winning in both the men and the women. Uh, I got it, too. It's, again, <laughs> unless it's proven otherwise, we'll see. But thanks a lot, man. Take a lot. No, no problem, bro. All right, peace. That's my guy, Dwayne Ash. Please check him out on Sleepy Radio every Tuesday night on Blossom Radio, as well as Sports Blog, The Yard, slash HBCU Sports. All right, y'all, take care, and please check out the women's game. I'm not saying it's out of pity for the women's game, but it's really good. And, of course, you're not going to see another dominant team in the Utah again, so you better enjoy what you can. But this is Scott Burks. Thank y'all for joining me on the Clown Hour. Take care, 06, and enjoy the weekend. Peace.